welcome back to the Alzheimer's podcast for our second ever episode. Uh, we'll get straight back, we'll get straight into it uh, and we'll talk about the week in football now. I'd say the only main topic of the week in football were the League Cup semi-final first legs. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Some, uh, well, two big results, you'd say. One bigger, big, one bigger in terms well, of size than the definitely, other. Definitely, definitely. Um, we'll start at Wembley, I think. We'll leave the, the big result until after so we'll start at Wembley because there's a few contentious uh, moments all within all packed within a couple of minutes really um, yeah. the the goal uh, coming from Harry Kane penalty um, it was contentious because VAR ruled that he was onside when running through on goal when Kepa um, almost suicide dived at his feet and took yeah, him down it's an interesting one isn't it you, you know you, you look at these goalkeepers who come to the Premier League and it, it's almost a given that um, they need, they need a while. I mean, you even look at um, you know, going back to our tagline of being unbiased. Mm. You look at your team in in Liverpool, and you can say that the difference has been Allison this year. I mean, he's made a couple of mistakes, Allison, but I mean, I, I, but I think it's still... Van Dijk. I think I think it's I think very it's much... both. I think it's both. I genuinely think um, keepers take time, and it's. I think Allison's been helped by Van Dijk. Definitely, um, but I think in terms of of Kepa, and you've got to realize as well. Um, he is he is a young man from Spain who most in, most expensive goalkeeper in history. Of he is, but would you say that was more um, gained through his ability or because they needed a goalkeeper? I think both. Um, I think I read a lot of articles about him last year when he when he was in Spain, um, and he, he was seen as David De Gea's heir apparent, which Spain obviously need. Um, yeah. And but my, my but I think Chelsea, Chelsea were in desperate need, knowing that Courtois was going to Madrid, they were in desperate need of a keeper. And um, why did he not go for All Black? All Black, All Black, All Black, All Black, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jan All Black. Um, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't available. You don't. We don't know the ins and outs of no. transfers. Um, but it was poor goalkeeping from Kepa. It was. Uh, it bring it back. Bring it back to the game. Um, it was poor goalkeeping, and it gives the decision. Uh, to the referees and the VAR team to make. If he doesn't rush off his line, then we're not discussing this contention, contentious decision. Uh, what I wanted to mention was the two different angles that were, were shown. Yeah, I missed um, this. I, yeah, I so, missed it entirely. So the VAR officials were given this one uh, one angle, obviously the, ones that, the one that Sky had as well, and then Sari was shown in a television interview after another angle uh, with the line down the middle. One showed that Kane was offside, and that was the one that Sari was shown, and one showed that it was onside. Now, Obviously, I, I'm I'm in favour of VAR, but until it's it's kind of unilateral, everyone has one angle. You can needs have to be consistency. Yeah, I think as as someone who um, has grown up over the last few, you know, however long, and I've I, one of my favourite sports has been cricket. You know, this kind of this this stopping the game to look at a decision mm. is just second nature to me. You know, you to the point where even teams are given two two of their own sort of to try and turn. You know the umpire's decision if they think he's made a mistake. You know right. they they they're allowed to, to ask twice, and if they get it wrong, they lose that appeal. If they get it right, yeah. they keep it. But with so they have challenges then, exactly, which is I mean it's 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 another topic uh, when we look at VAR in more detail. I mean it's something that my dad said that he'd like to see um, captains or managers be given a challenge system. I think I've said the same to you, haven't I? Mm. I think I think you know even if it's just one a game where you know. And it doesn't have to be a culture where you feel like they have to use it mm. every game. It's just a, you know, as a captain, you're given the ability to speak to the referee and say, "Can I just check that?" Yeah. Especially if there's something as important as a one-nil win 
in a you know a semi final. You know yeah. you want to be checking offsides. Mm. You know you want to be checking all you know things from that ha- happen within a goal. This this moment should have been the kind of glorious crowning of VAR for me. Semi final first leg at Wembley. It should be getting that decision right Absolutely. unquestionably. No one should be able yeah. to question it. And the fact that they can puts a massive cloud over when it starts in the league. It does. And I, I think I read earlier on this week and. Um, it, no, actually, wasn't it? Was, it was it was a few weeks ago, and I was reading. Uh, someone came out and said that they didn't think the Premier League or the Brit- the British teams were ready for VAR. Sorry, or the said that. was it? Sorry, Sorry said that. Yeah. For me, it's a worry because you know we, we we try and argue that you know our game is the best in the world, and you know in some ways it is. But if if we're not using technology, which is meant to enhance the game and, mm. and get those decisions right. And like you said, that this whole, as I said, I missed it, but to be to, to hear that, you know, Sarri was shown one angle mm. and... Sky to, gave another Yeah, one. Sky yeah. gave another And another thing with this, you know, these offside lines and things like that, I mean, it could just be with the angle that I saw exactly, in particular, yeah. but I mean, I don't understand. They didn't look that straight to me. And no, things. They didn't look no. like they were. They were. You know, it was. It was a professional kind. The of issue for me thing. is the is the angle of the television. Uh, so you're never really given an angle. I mean, obviously, you bring it back to like a games console. You always have that angle where you have the the last effect because it's computer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have the last. You have the line on the end, and you know if he's offside or he's offside. He's offside or he's onside. Sorry. Whereas now the telly's always kind of looking at it side on. So you, the line's got to be drawn from where the linesman's seeing, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. And what he sees is that last man, and the line's going to be drawn along there. Now, like I said, Sai was given one line, and Sky gave another. Yeah. Um, and the issue is for me in my I'm, I don't know I mean I'm not biased because I don't particularly like Spurs or Chelsea I thought when I when I did some training to, uh, it wasn't to be a referee it was, it was part of my GCSE um, sport thing mm-hmm. we, we did um, a little bit of referee um, like I said I don't want to say training but learning about the rules of the game um, and we were told that if it was any part of the body that could play the ball. So if it was the arm, then it wasn't offside. Yeah, yeah. If it was just there. But if it was any part of the body that could play the ball, yeah. it was offside. And to me, his whole upper torso is leaning forward over the line, and that's offside. And there, and therefore, he doesn't get the chance to make the penalty. And then you, you hear these things about daylight rule and all that. You know, yeah, yeah. it's it, giving the it benefit to the attacker. For, for me, like it doesn't that. need to. As a, as a as a viewer, you know, you'd like to know where you stand. I'd just like to know that the referees all had it consistently. Yeah, you want clarity. You do. And I, and, uh, and I read Rory Smith. Um, he's the new, he's the uh, chief soccer um, writer for the New York Times. Mentioned how ridiculous and convoluted the offside rule is, and even with VAR, that's not going to change. And no, maybe that's the issue. No, you know, and it, it, back in the, uh, the the good old days of football, it was it seemed to be a very simple thing. You know, mm. if you if you were ahead of your your last defender, you were offside, and exactly. and it was it was as simple as that. But now, you know. The, Interfering with play. Yeah, I mean, I think last Daylight. week wasn't wasn't Aguero offside for one of City's goals, but he wasn't involved in the play. So yeah, it's uh, different. And it's, it's different segments yeah. of play, isn't it? Um, and it's it's just that it's just the referees being consistent, and mm. and especially now with VAR coming VAR coming in, you need to make sure that what 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 people are seeing are, are all the angles. Mm. You know, I I, it's I, the I correct hate to, angle. It's the correct yeah, line. That's, I hate to go back to cricket, but you know. When when it goes upstairs to the big screen, you know, and the third umpire looks over what's going on, he can have any angle he wants mm. in the ground. You know, he can ask. I think he speaks directly to the broadcaster, whoever it is. But he's saying, you know, I want, a, I want this angle, I want that angle. Mm. And in a stadium, you, 
there's going to be cameras all over. And, and as well, if VAR's coming in, you know, I know what you're saying about you want it to be side on. Why can't there be cameras dotted about the line? Mm. They don't need to be particularly broadcast level cameras. No. They just need to be able to see. But then that opens up the question of the being a quality through the leagues because you can only have that at certain stadiums. Uh, you could have it in the top level Premier League stadiums, but then you can't have it at the Championship. It's true. Or League One but stadiums. For, it, I mean, I don't know the answer to this, or I don't know if you do, but for VAR, they're just having it within televised uh, matches, or is it going to be throughout it's the throughout, club? It's throughout, well, next year in the Premier League, it's throughout the league. Then it needs to be funded properly, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. And I mean, the, the worst thing about this, you know, going back to what we're saying about Spurs is the VAR wasn't the end of the con controversy really no, was it was it? the penalty it was the it was the I mean we seem to have gone on a little bit of a tangent on VAR but I think it needed to be done because it was such a contentious decision I mean it could um, be looked into further couldn't yeah, it I it think could be, it could be uh, there was a big thing about diving um, England's golden boy Harry Kane could do no mm. wrong um, in the eyes of some um, some believed he was completely cleaned out by Kepa some believed that uh, there was contact Um I think the issues with the goalkeeper. I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Harry Kane. Um, I think he initiated contact, but as soon as Kepa comes diving off his line, yeah, it, uh, it's a it's uh, for me. It's the worst part of football. I, I I can't get behind this. You tapped and you you throw yourself to the no. floor. I I think it's 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 such a pathetic. It's the, it's the culture that we live in now. At win at all cost. That's yeah, it's not, and it's nothing to do with foreign rubbish at all. It's not. I hear people saying, "Oh, it's the foreigners bringing it over here." It's absolute rubbish. For about 15, 20 years now, English players have been extremely good at it. Extremely yeah. good at it. Um, whether it be Wayne Rooney, whether it be Harry Kane, um, I just think it's it's not a foreign disease. It's it's just this win at all cost. And the issue is with Kepa. If he doesn't come running off, he doesn't give the uh, he doesn't give Kane. A chance. He doesn't. So if, Kepa doesn't the... if Kepa doesn't come out, Kane's scoring that. Not necessarily. I mean, look not at you, you. Look at the rifle of foot he has. He has, but he's he's going down. He's on the left side. He's not. He's not left footed. He's on the left side. He's. You know, I wouldn't say he's going away from goal, but he's not. He's not. He's not central, one -on -one. is he? Exactly. He's, he's one side of the I post. Mean, <laughs> as soon as he comes barreling out, Kane knows what he's going to do. There is contact. He does. He does clean him out, but when you see it from behind. Kane initiates that contact. Kane runs into Kepper. Yeah. In my eyes, purposefully. So I'd say yes, it's a dive because the striker initiates it and he plays the game well there. But it is definitely a penalty as well because Kepper is stupid enough to come off his line like that. And the thing for me, you know, we're not, I'm not going to go back into the VAR issue, but it's the cameras, and and, and it's no more prevalent than what when I was watching the Leeds game last night, mm. um, and Leeds' goalkeeper um, Peacock Farrell came out for a ball high knee as they seem to do nowadays with mm. you know underneath their hands but not only that his, his boot was facing upwards mm. caught um, the you know the opposition player in the face now from from the first angle the TV angle just broadcast mm. it looked like the that opposition player had sped up into him and fallen over yeah. to try and simulate you know yeah. a, a challenge and then when you watched it back from a different angle he got a face full of studs and it's it, it's kind of like you do get. I think that's the magic of football, though. I think mm. whether you're different in the opinions, ground or you're watching it on TV, you see. It, I always what always gets me is as, as as being a Newcastle fan, we see our fair share of clear clearances yeah. away from our goal, and it always gets me, especially when a cross is put in or we clear it. You don't know where the ball's mm. gone, and that's a bit of the excitement. Yeah. But I think you know, going back to to Kepper and his decision making there, and, and that contact with Kane. For me, there's a difference between 
play a striker or you know an outfield player looking to mm-hmm. go over or winning a challenge. There's a big yeah. difference between those two things. I know I there's some fantastic footballers mm-hmm. who who they tend to be these low center of gravity players who mm-hmm. are really good at it, Black who can do twist and exactly yeah, yeah. twist and turn. And you know you can kind of see you Hazard know you know well. those moments Hazard yeah massively mm. you know those moments that they're going to try and get out of a, a tackle mm. and can continue going but there are other times you can see it in their eye that they're looking to make that shift where they're going to get real contact. contact. I think that's a skill. Mm. I think the oh I've been tapped and I'm going to do this theatrical dive. Yeah. It 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 cheapens. It does. It does the sport. But like I said, it's the win at all costs. There's so much money involved in the game now, and there's. There's so much money involved in the league. There's uh, money involved in the. I mean, you get cup bonuses now. You get massive cup bonuses even from the likes of the League Cup. It's win at all costs. Harry Kane will not be fussed what anyone in the media is saying about him now. Oh no. Um, about about diving or initiating contact. They've won the first leg. They look forward. They take a lead to Stamford Bridge, and it'll be in the back of his mind. He won't be fussed. It doesn't help in my view that he has so many friends in the media that kind of dampen this down it's I don't think enough, player, I don't think enough of me is, is made of it but the reason we started with Spurs Chelsea was because of the contentious nature of the game we'll move on to City Burton and speak briefly about it because I know how, we have, just let me ask how can we speak briefly well, <laughs> about nine goals well we've got to get through nine goals well I mean I know we have a few differing views on this at this point of view uh, I take issue um with the opinion, and I've seen this a lot, um, mainly from a certain talk sport presenter um, who does the drive home. Yes, um, he disagrees with the way Man City looked at the game. Now, obviously, me being a Liverpool fan, um, um, I'm not completely enamoured with Manchester City as a club or a fan base. Um, there aren't I, many out there who are. It, it wouldn't be. Um, overstating it to say I can't stand them in fact saying that there aren't many people inside the stadium exactly well, who have stop, that exactly just full stop. Yeah, I'll just stop not there. many people who go to the stadium full stop we're, we're unbiased we're unbiased we're completely unbiased completely unbiased um, but I mean the pictures are there from the semi-final against Burton but, but it was the M6 the M6 was uh, was round what? and people couldn't get to the game obviously no, and that it, happens yeah. every week it happens every week to Man there, City, there was an it? accident on the morning I know there was I know, so I know. you know it, but it could have been the City fans enamoured by the cup oh yeah maybe wanting maybe. to get there yeah. I, I too, too big for the cup too big for the cup obviously City fans um, but we're we speaking about this because I mean even though I, I, I can't stand them at this moment in time I, I would I would err on their side at this point people said it was disrespectful to keep going going and going scoring a goal after goal after goal passing through Burton um, scoring nine goals playing the team that they did now I know you've got some of the starters I know um, Jesus started who doesn't start every game but the likes of Sane started didn't he um, who else started in midfield you've got him there well you've got KDB Gundogan and Silva yeah. uh, who I mean, started all world class players in their own Mares, Jesus yeah. and Sane in front of them I mean them. that's an incredible side in the league so I mean in, in my view people whinge about and we'll talk about this later on our next segment um, about the FA Cup people whinge about the big teams um, because City are a big team they're not a big club they're a big team. Uh, they whinge about big teams not paying respect uh, to the domestic cup competitions. Pep Guardiola does that. He plays almost a Premier League strength side and they completely play Burton off the park. Now, I think it was as disrespectful. As they should have done. Yeah, yeah, as they should have done. But I think it would have been disrespectful to a degree, to have, and, and I know we'll come on to this later with my team and, uh, and the, the team that we're playing against Wolves, it would have been disrespectful to the competition 
to play an understrength side to give Bert, to basically give Burton a chance. No, now, you this, see, this talks one second. This Talksport presenter likened the Man City fans wanting goal after goal after goal to homophobia, racism, and any kind of prejudice prejudice that he could find in football. He he, he called it a, a bloodthirsty nature, which shows why football is so far behind other sports when it comes to dealing with with things like this. And I think that is that. Talk sport presenter getting up on his high horse, basically showing himself, look at me, morally I'm better than you. I'm all of your moral compasses, follow me. And it's ridiculous. No, it's a team like City giving respect to a competition which is often not respected by other teams. Who are on the back of, of, a, of a rocky few games. Yeah, exactly. Which I think, the, I think is a, a big part of why yeah. Pep put out it's such a, very good a point. strong team. It's a very good point. You know, momentum, that front six. Momentum, exactly. Yeah, uh, beating us at the Etihad. Um, and then going on spanking Burton, it gives them momentum. I was talking to my brother after the Liverpool game today. He was he was down there, um, and he said that he can see City going on a run now, basically because of that Burton game. They they got the result against us in a in a tight game. They've gone and spanked Burton, and now those players will be feeling invincible. Now, I mean, they could go on a Monday and stutter against Wolves, but like you said, it's the previous games that have caused that. That team selection for yeah. that and, and, and I, momentum. I think my argument. I know we spoke about before we we started this podcast, but for, for me, you've got to look at these two cups. You've got to look at the the the, the, the league cup. You've got to look at the FA Cup, and you've got to think right. You want there to be magic. You want teams to want to come and play. And yeah. I know, I know, you argue back to me that Burton had got to a semi final of a of a cup I, with, without is... any without any. In, in my <laughs> mind, I would like to see the. The, the League Cup have a few restrictions to it so you get these magical ties because I know I'd like to see some of these smaller teams I mean Burton are 11th in League One well, I, I so there is there a was, huge gap I think they were like 53rd no not, on the League Ladder I read somewhere that they were I can't remember how many places below City they were on the League Ladder I think it was, well, it was 20, 53 yeah, 50, yeah either 53 or, 53rd or 52nd yeah. in the League Ladder um, and obviously City a second yeah, so there's um, like 17, huge, huge. 18 below in the, in the Premier League. Yeah. 24 in the Champions. We don't have to do the maths, no, it's fine. Because we'll get it wrong. Stat, it's fine, yeah. yeah but yeah. my point is, is that I like, I want to see these big, big challenges. You know, you know these big David versus Goliath type, type challenges. But I just think that, that City putting that team out just killed that magic. It, for, and... I know what you're saying about the money and things like that, and you know you've got to set, you've got to set that momentum and things like that. There's there's, there's too much intertwined into this for me to really get if into you, it. If you want David versus Goliath, you've got to ex- accept the fact that every now and again, more often than not, Goliath will win. No, and I can, and, and you know, and that is absolutely true. But for me, if we're going to talk about City versus Burton, and you know, you want to keep that magic of of the cup, the football alive. I think the Carabao Cup, the, the League Cup. Could We're be not calling it Carabao Cup. Uh, well, I, no, I, I tried to it's say the League Cup. It's the League Cup. <laughs> um, for me, I'd like to see that competition, and this is you know I, I, we're going to move on from this really quickly, but because uh, this is a conversation we could have for an entire episode. Yeah, it's, it's but for is. me, I'd like to see that one that one cup become the place where you know you, fans are up in arms about you know letting young kids get a chance in football and getting real mm. real taste of football uh, you know at a level and things like that and I know um, later on we're going to talk about you know some transfers and we're going to talk about City's youth um, yeah. in there but for me it, it 
does cheap it, it does cheapen the competition with what happened the other night. Uh, any City fan will come out and, and they'll completely disagree with me. But I I'm find, a City fan and I disagree no, with you. I, well, yeah, and like <laughs> I say, this is for a conversation. You know, it, yeah. we, we'll just put this into our opening segment, which is not exactly opening now. But yeah. my point is, is that I would like to see maybe a little bit of restructuring in, in, in there. So, you know, we can be inclusive to these lower league teams, but also giving Premier League teams the, the confidence, the ability, the, the, the wanting to put out these players. You know, because, you know, we, we can find an amazing number of young players who just will just hit at that level and you don't know until you put them out the there. The issue for me is, though, when you do that and you play these youngsters, you get lambasted in the media. You get, I mean, these clubs, these managers, if it's, if I don't it's, see the point in they open the themselves up. I, I, just, regulations. I, don't, I don't know how you'd regulate it. Um, no, I, 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 and this is far, you know, I'd like to do a little bit of research myself yeah. into it. But I, you know, I'd just like, and I don't need to become a youth cup by any, any no, stretch. No, I, yeah. I, but I'd like to see maybe, you know, some restrictions on maybe, you know, the amount of players you can play that have played a certain, you know, uh, the majority, you know, a majority is, I'm, I'm not a decision maker. I'm not, no. and I've not looked into it enough. I, but I'd just like to see that come alive. I think should we should we move on from I that? I think we'll move we, uh, from one domestic competition, one chat about domestic women. competition, and, yeah. then, all right. and then we'll uh, we'll move it into our next part. Yeah. Now we'll move from a chat about one domestic cup competition to another one, and this is a topic that I proposed. Um, it's whether the FA Cup's been devalued um, over the last few years. Um, 5, 10, 15 years um, and I propose this topic because basically the team that my manager put out at Molyneux um, last week now it included three um, teenage debutants who started for us for the first time uh, Curtis one of which was forced well yes yeah, well, he didn't start but he came no. on um, after Lovren was injured at, at Kijana uh, Curtis Jones and Rafa Camacho and um, and I think it's a good place to uh, start our second segment because it is talking about respect of the cup and it is talking Definitely, about yeah, yeah. team selection. Now, from my point of view, I mean, you can't see it on mic, but my reaction to the loss in the team selection was... Right. And just so you know, he's lifting his shoulders, shrugging, and he looks half interested, half like it wasn't a big thing. I mean, it wasn't for me. Uh, we, From a personal point of view we've got far bigger fish to fry. And if that means the FA Cup's been devalued, then so be it. Um, I said to you, uh, the question would be whether the FA Cup's been devalued. But I think it's it's a question of point of view from specific sets of fans. In my opinion, the fans that love the FA Cup, and this might get me a few um, haters, the fans that value the FA Cup, the ones that look at it with this misty-eyed nostalgia are the fans of the smaller teams who dream of that big day out of Wembley. Yeah. And the reason I'm saying that is because, I mean, we looked at and we spoke about the previous 10 winners. To FA we Cup, did, didn't we? yeah. Um, and we found out that they are, uh, in order from most recent, um, Chelsea, Arsenal, United, Arsenal, Arsenal, Wigan, Chelsea, City, Chelsea and Chelsea. Now, there's, there's, one, one team, there's one team who stands out there, One team, it? yeah. Um, and obviously Wigan. But... Well, I thought you was talking about Ch- uh, City. <laughs> yeah, well, they've won <laughs> the good. same amount of times as Wigan have in the last. Well, 10 they years. have in the last ten years. Yeah. That's very good. Very good. Um, 
the problem there for me, you look at all the teams that have won there, bar Wigan, they're all those big four, big five, big six they are. teams. They are. But I said to you off mic, winning that trophy basically meant nothing to the, the people at the club. Not to no, the, the, only, the only team in that that it meant, it meant something initially was for Wigan but Wigan. They went, they, did they get relegated just before rele- no they got relegated the same year they they, relegated no, no, they, same I'm year. saying but were they relegated was it they relegated the weekend before or maybe remember. or was I it remember. I can't remember what it felt it was, yeah. but yeah I mean I know a couple of Wigan fans who said that they wouldn't trade that FA Cup win for Premier League survival of that, of that year because then they said they could have gone down the year after so it didn't exactly, really matter exactly yeah and that's fine um, and but I can imagine that, other, not to take us back to our previous segment but isn't that isn't that what football should strive for? Isn't that what the FA should be, should be striving for? Yeah, I agree. For? I completely agree. Now, my opinion of the FA Cup is meh. That is my opinion of the FA Cup. Well, you're not, but you're a Liverpool fan in the, who in the last 18 months have gone on a really strong run and the FA yeah. Cup's not great. It's but not priority. Me, me talking from, a, from, and I'm going to get my fur share of haters now, you look at someone like United, mm. if they barrel themselves out of the, um, you, you, you know, Europe, it becomes the biggest competition they have. No, it does, yeah. It's, not, you know it's no mean? longer a Mickey Mouse competition no. when, when they it's, win it's, it. Yeah, and, and we talk, I talk a lot about how fickle fans are, but yeah. like you say, you know, you talk about the importance to the teams. For me as a Newcastle fan, it's the worst possible thing that could have happened to us. We went to, we went to, uh, we they, Blackburn came to us, we drew, we've now got to go, congestion, isn't we've it? now got to go to Ewood Park mm. a few days before we play Cardiff. Mm. Now for me, if I was Rafa, the, the kids would be going out because yeah. I do not care about the. Well, I said that about Wolves. I said that before the Wolves game. Um, before the Wolves game, I said that to mum and dad. I said, "Just play the kids. Play the kids now. Mm. It doesn't. It, for me, it doesn't compute." Now, I'm not saying that's right, but my, that's my perspective. My my goal is to watch Liverpool win the biggest competition that they can. And at the moment, for a top half side, not top half, maybe top six side that competition isn't a priority no. and, and like you said fixture congestion is a massive thing <laughs> I read that by going out when we did in the third round we've saved minimum or minimum 18 rest days so if we'd have had yeah. a long run in the FA Cup that would have been 18 rest days that Jurgen wouldn't have got with the players 18 rest days in between big games when mm. the Champions League comes back and for me it's a no brainer like Really, after in your we went, position, the lost days are yeah, there. After because, we went out of the League Cup, I thought maybe we should, and this was early on in the season, like October time, November time. When we went out of the League Cup, I thought maybe let's go for the FA Cup just in case we don't go well in the league. Now we're top of the league by, as speaking, seven points after the Brighton win. We're in the next round um, of the Champions League. The, prior, the priority for me isn't the FA Cup, and it, and it no. would never be. And coming back to the winners, um, we say Wigan stood out. And when I said about the winners, and it meant nothing to them apart from Wigan, look at what happened to the managers who won. Chelsea won it last year, Conte was gone. Yep. Wenger won it three times in four years, and that wasn't enough. Van Gaal was sacked the day after winning yeah. it for United. Yeah. So this trophy, yes, it's obviously valued by the fans who go out and they have a good day at Wembley, but it isn't even valued by the hierarchy no. of the clubs who win it. But you know, I think in a second we'll go on to a couple of things that we could maybe do. You could maybe do to fix it. But mm. I think just before we uh, we we came on to the podcast, I had a quick look at um, just your Liverpool season last year, mm. and um, I looked at how many games you played. And, and you know, as I've mentioned, maths is not a strong point. <laughs> but I counted fifty-five games <laughs> from your first Premier League game of the mm. season. 
That's 55 games. Had you, you you went out in the FA Cup in the fourth round. Yeah. You went out of the Carabao, sorry, League Cup <laughs> in the third round. Yeah. Had you gone all the way in those... 60 plus games. 60, maybe so, even 70. Yeah. And you think in a 10-month season, mm. that's a huge amount of games. And, and last year, not like this year, last year we had a much thinner squad. Um, people would argue that we had a stronger squad to deal with Wolves. But I know... Wolves made a few changes, but other than three or four, three players, like they had Traore on the bench, mm. but they played the likes of Joseph Neves. They played a strong side. They, 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 they had Cody at the back. Yeah. They had almost, bar three or four players, their Premier League side out, and you could not say that about us. Um, and I'm not saying it, this, I know I said if City had done that, it would dis, it would have disrespected the competition. We weren't disrespecting Wolves, we were putting out a, a team that we needed to knowing that we had Brighton the following weekend and we had issues at centre-back. There's a big difference I'd say we, I, I would say we were disrespecting the competition because we don't see the competition as yeah, a priority. You're absolutely correct. But there's a big difference for me in my mind. And I'm not uh, bothered uh, by uh, disrespecting the, yeah, the competition. Of uh, the semi-final compared to a third round. Because yeah, yeah. I've written down in, in, in our notes that we read, you know, we, we, we put before we speak, I put about that there's something about the FA Cup. There's some... The, uh, you know, well, there isn't to me anymore. There isn't. Uh, well, let me, let me speak broadly how I how I feel about mm. it. Um, I find that there's something magical about the FA Cup that the Carabao, the League Cup, doesn't have. And it's I that, agree with that. It's, it's that third round. You hear all the time about the third round. Yeah, the upsets you know, I, of the cup. You look at it. You look at it. Spurs went to Tranmere. They took mm. a fairly strong squad. I think Ali was on there, and mm. and so they what a massive. Them. They battered them. Yeah, them. what a massive. Di- Tranmere fans won't be yeah, worried about no, that. No. It's a massive night. Yeah, Watford went uh, went to walking. Mm. Massive yeah. for, for them, you know. And Grimsby went to Crystal Palace, Sellers Park. Mm. Lincoln, Goodison. There were shocks as well. Weren't do, they do you know what? And there's ones, shocks, yeah. and it's 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 that is the magic, and that's what really I I try and argue for. And it doesn't. I know what you're saying about you know you you question whether you know there's a lack of respect for the FA Cup and things like that I don't that. question it I think there is from the bigger sides but how do we fix that then what what do you do to fix the the? I think I mean you talking about uh, the magic of the cup um, I don't think it helps that the third round showed what was it 10 3 o'clock kickoffs out of all the games yeah yeah basically yeah. Um, adhering to the telly times and wanting to show games all around the world 10 3 o'clock kickoffs out of all the third round games mm. is pathetic so that's one uh, you bring it back to what it used to be for me, three yeah. o'clock kickoffs, and with the odd, you know, I think I game. think major football fans would always agree that three yeah, o'clock is I a mean, very good time. Yeah, um, but I'd say a big thing, and I, I said this to you off mic, and I've said this for years now. Um, I I take away the fourth spot in the Premier League, and I'd give the F, I'd give that to the FA Cup winner. Um, but let me come back at you then. You look at the winners in the past ten years; mm. makes no, not really a bit of difference. Well, no, it doesn't. But those winners uh, and the teams who didn't win. Those who were in the semi-finals, the finals, who got knocked out, who may have played weakened sides because, like Newcastle, they had more pressing matters like a relegation exactly. battle, may have decided, well, we want a bit of that Champions League cash money yeah. and played stronger sides. Do you give it to the runner-up then? Do you say, you know, if, if they qualify, if, if they through, qualify the league, through the league, do you then give it to the runner-up? Well, what they do, um, they do something similar with the Europa League, don't they? Yeah. They don't give, but more often than not, it's not the, the runner-up. It's give, an extra space is given in the league. Now, that's where the four spot would come yeah. back. But I think you'd have a lot of the bigger sides, I mean, like us, respecting it a little more if Champions League qualification 
was a prize. Yeah. Now, I think money money side, I think for those big clubs, imagine, it will never be a big thing, that money. No. But I think, and it, money is never enough, but I think for these small, t- you know, you think Tranmere, well, you know, the money like they that, got yeah. from Spurs coming now, to them, that, that will put, the, you know, and it, even smaller teams who've managed to make it through. Mm. I think, you know, a couple of times, Chorley have, you always hear about Chorley yeah. getting through to the first round proper. Which is and the money they get from that, you know, it can keep lights on. Mm. And, you know, it can keep, you know, certain players at the club and things like that. I think if you if you make the pride better, like, rather than Europa League, uh, make it a Champions League qualification, uh, a spot in either the group stage or just a qualifi- qualifying round, I think you'll find that it being... I mean, oh, people already take the Europa League more seriously because if you win the Europa League... You, you get yeah. a spot in That was a good change. And that was a fantastic change. Yeah. And I think that... So let me ask you then, just to, to, to sort of finish this small space, because we, we could we could go we on could again. Yeah. Uh, again. And maybe maybe in time, we, you know, we'll have bigger Discussing research tasks yeah. and things that we can talk about longer. But um, we're talking about how the Europa Cup has maybe been improved and made more serious. Have the FA then started to, to improve the Start situation? Down that road, yeah. Because they have removed... They were going to do it from next year. They've brought it forward to this year. From the fifth round, there's going to be no replays. Is, is that an improvement? I think it's a fantastic idea. I think it is a massive improvement. Um, the issue is fixture congestion, uh, congestion, like you said. It kills teams. It does. It does. And that's why Newcastle will probably play uh, a threadbare team against Blackburn. And then they'll get lambasted in the media. Rafa will get Rafa will definitely get lambasted in the media for yeah. not respecting the cup. It, but it's a priority. It's an even key. I mean, we're it's not. A priority. That's a different. I think it's an improvement. I think it's yeah. a definite improvement. Uh, I think it needs to go further. I think replays. I'd say replays need to be abolished completely, or from earlier, from the third or fourth round. Or because just then you get that chance. straight to penalties. But then what teams? What teams? To I play mean, devil's advocate, then you don't get the small, the magic of the cup of the smaller team bringing that massive team back. To yeah, them. no, I. So I maybe, that. so maybe the third or fourth, uh, maybe the third. Have it the so third maybe the fifth round, maybe maybe move it to the fourth, but it, they're in the right area. They're in the right area, definitely. Yeah. It's a definite improvement. I think that's a really good place to end, really, isn't it? Yeah. That you know, we, we, we end do, on a positive. Exactly, we do positive. think there are things that need to be to be added, fixed, and things. Mm. But the FA amazingly have opened their eyes and they've started to the archaic to, institution that is the FA yes they've they, actually made a positive move it's it's incredible and I think that's where we'll move on definitely right okay uh, our final section um, to our podcast this week we're going to look at the transfer season it is January you know, it's it's all happening. I'd say it's all happening, but it's it's not great. It's a slow happening, start. Is it? it is. A, uh, it's a slow burner. This I mean, January transfer window. I keep trying to get it in though, but as a Newcastle fan, I I never look forward to January. No, I never no. look forward to the summer. I usually look forward to January. I said to you at the start of this transfer window, I was happy we was not being linked with anyone. I said it's the first tra- January transfer window. I was happy that I wasn't even looking forward to because Liverpool needed something. I think bringing someone in at this stage, unless it was unless it was but, a pressing issue, could rock. Big but, I'd say we'd be a little naive not to be looking at it. Centre back with our defensive stretch. Yeah. Uh, as there's a, recording, there's a big risk with that, and, I, and I'm not. There gonna, is. I'm no, I agree. Gonna, I agree. You know, you, you look at you look at your youth. Mm. You look at Gomez. Yeah. Bringing someone in could could be. Anyway. I do think I do think Lovren or Matip will go at the end of the season. So I do think we need another centre back. Whether now is the time to buy, um, but we are getting a bit stretched. I trust Pep with that. I trust because. Uh, you know, you look at Fabinho. Anyway, moving on because we're not talking about Liverpool. We are yeah. unbiased. Um, the biggest, the biggest. I mean, I say the biggest. It's probably not. It's probably a different one. But in terms of monetary value, the biggest one sort of in the last few days has been uh, Benjamin Pavard 
leaving Stuttgart to go to, to Bayern, Bayern at the end yeah. of the season. Mm. 35 million euros. I know when we looked at that and um, we looked at 22-year-old, 35 yeah. million euros, that sounded low, didn't it? It, it sounded did. cheap. But then you think, he had a decent walk. He's a walk-up winner. He is. That, I mean, you reminded, me, you reminded me of that goal. Yeah, against Argentina. Yeah, that I mean, sort of stunning top goal. of the foot goal. goal. It was uh, brilliant. Got goal of the tournament. But he also defended well. He played. He played at um, fullback, didn't he, for France? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I think so. And I think he, he can play fullback or centre back. So mm-hmm. he's, he's he's diverse in that. But I think he's a tidy enough. He is. Um, I I'd be lying if I profess to know a lot about him. Uh, I watched him in the in the World Cup. I read. A, I've read a little about a bit about him since the news broke. Yeah. Um, my expertise is all well. football manager. <laughs> yeah. It's all football manager. Yes. Uh, I think in that, because he's gone from Stuttgart, in that league, uh, I know they're not top of the league at the moment, but as soon as Bayern Munich show an interest, the player, the player's head to, the player's gone, basically. Yeah, uh, and whatever, teams. Yeah, and Stuttgart will be happy for the money. I remember hearing um, a German sporting director last year saying that the transfer window, even though it was the Neymar one that blew it out of the water, the transfer window in England and when it's involving any other English clubs is a different transfer market to one that they all yeah. that they all um, frequent. So this would make sense. This seems yeah. fairly. I mean, it's thirty-five a, a, million euros for a young, world, young, hungry World Cup winner at twenty-two, um, a, a diverse who could become a real, exactly. real a real I think strong it's, thing. I think it's for a Bayern good Munich. deal for Bayern Munich, yeah. uh, and it's probably a good deal for Stuttgart as well. Maybe because well. the thing is, you look at Stuttgart. You, you know they're not they're not top in the league. No, no, they're not. So they, for, they, if I mean, they, that they can replace that. that well, yeah, can they? Yeah, yeah, uh, the okay. second one, which um, you know, it isn't a big one in terms of it, but he's he's a player who's accomplished a lot in his career. Is Pepe? Uh, yeah. He's gone back to a team. He you know he, he was at as a uh, as a younger player. In he Porto. was there between two thousand four two thousand seven uh, when Real Madrid bought him. Yeah. Um, so you think this is probably the last Harari? This is his last Harari. He's he, what, 35, 36 yeah. now. You know, he was in Turkey, I believe, and he's, uh, he became unattached, no mm. club, and I think Porto brought him back. So It's a, dec- it's a decent move for Porto. It's decent for Porto because you get an experienced centre-back who's won it all, and it's and good for Pepe. I just too. thought, no, links back up with his goalkeeper, doesn't he? Because he has. Yeah. yeah so, it's, it, it, it's familiar for Pepe. It's familiar for Porto. It's probably it's not the, the big winners there. The big winners there are probably the youth. Yeah, that. yeah, to to learn off him. So it's not it's not a transfer that makes waves, but it's it's worth noting. Last transfer of notable this uh, this week, um, and I I said to you and maybe we could do a whole section on this um, on on Man City's youth mm. and their inability to keep it mainly. Yeah, you know, Brahim Diaz reports say around fifteen million yeah, to Real Madrid, it, yeah. and I and I was talking to a few friends who were saying. What's he gone there for? You know, mm. he's never going to get played. But for me, Brahim Diaz, he wasn't getting played at City. You, may you're, as well go home. you're Spanish. You may, may as, well as well go home, home. to one to and one of the biggest one clubs one, in the it? world. I, and, I, and I was reading. Um, I'm not going to pretend to say his name. I don't know if you can. Yeah, that's the one. Um, he was. He'd written that he believed that he'd be fourth choice, mm. but it was a no-brainer for club or player. Yeah. And for for me, fourth choice, Benzema's going to go. Yeah. At some point soon, you know, he's, yeah. he's in his thirties now, he's I believe. Attacker, yeah. You know, so it, he's going to move up those ranks. And for me, even if it doesn't work, a few years in Real Madrid, it can't help but improve oh, you as a player. So. Playing with players like Modric, like Kroos, like Bale, even if it, I mean, he's traded one top squad for another. The only difference being he's moving closer to home. It, like you said, which internationally for his career is probably it, a wiser it's choice. It's a no-brainer for again. It's a no. 
brainer for player, and it's a no brainer for the club either because mm. it lo- it looks to the Real Madrid fans that they're trying to promote yeah. their own their own Spanish players. Big worry though, isn't it for um, for Man City that it's now the third the third player who looks to have potential. You know, you, you think you, you think well, it's Jim the second Sancho, out of three, second it? out of three, second yeah. Out of three. Jin Sancho was the first one to go out, mm. uh, packed up, said, look, I- I'm going to go and get my first team football elsewhere. And, and he's been keeping been a, success. A, b- a big part of last week's podcast. We were talking about Pulisic. Chelsea's mm. capture Pulisic being kept out of the squad by Jin Sancho. Yeah. You know, this he's, he's, he's now broken open a door yeah. for young English players yeah. to go and smash football in leagues out there. The second player we talked about, who's still there, and we could talk about it all day long. We could talk about why didn't why didn't Pep use him in the cup? Why did he come off the bench? It's Phil Foden. He looks to be quite a special talent. It's a weird um, one, the Foden one. So we talk of that kind of magic three that the City fans looked at as being the next ones to come through: Diaz, Sancho, and Foden. Two are gone. You've mentioned Sancho to Dortmund, and he's smashing things there. Diaz is less likely to tear up the trees that Sancho has done, but he's left as well. Yep. Foden is the one that Pep has been so vocal about as being the key to coming through and, and testing. a club like City who were striving to make history, striving mm. to to make their history to make stronger. Any history. Exactly. You don't do that unless you've got players who are local lads who He's a local you know, lad, isn't who, who who can come in from a youth can go through the club. You, you know, you, you're a Liverpool fan, but you're not telling me that you look at that Skulls, gigs um Era, well, that, that uh, you don't win anything with kids. Exactly. When you look at those, squads. those, pl- those, you know, scores and gigs are the f- the main ones in my mind. Who stayed at United until they retired? Mm. You might not. You you might have hated the players because of who they play for. You hate the. You definitely hate the club. But you've got to look back now and think th- that was that was two. Well, yeah, of course. Those two players. That's gone though. That's gone for me though. That's. Yeah. And, this you is get them, and even at my club, you've got Trent who came through. Um, yeah, Stevie and Jamie uh, a long time before that. I think you're likely to get one through every however many years. But for and me, Foden should be that one. For and that's City. what that's what I was trying to say. Mm. That should, if City is serious about creating this dynasty, but we've spent so much money exactly. on their youth academy, yeah. and it's, they've got some um, uh, outstanding facilities yeah, for them. Yeah. You know, if you watch the uh, the Amazon thing, it's it's yeah, mind boggling. Just yeah. the the quality there that the youth can hold on to. So they need to start to build these. But why then did Foden not start against Burton? Surely that would have been the perfect game I mean, to we, start Phil Foden against Burton. Do you want me to answer it in a, in a really quick way? Yeah, go on. Pep and his inability to stick the same squad out two games in a row. I just find it strange that he says how ready Foden is. He brings him on for 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there. Burton in the cup would have been a perfect time for him to start. I agree, um, I agree. And I just find it strange. That I tell you what, should we put this one on the back burner and yeah. we'll we'll promise to circle back around I to, we have to the yeah. youth, that, especially the English youth, I think we should yeah, really look into. Just some of the um, transfers really that have happened this week. Uh, last week we had quite a big section on Seth Fabricas. Yeah. This week it was confirmed that he was going to leave for Monaco in the summer, yeah. um, but he could leave earlier if Chelsea found a replacement. Mm. Well, he has now left right. for Monaco. Um, reports are saying that um, initially, it was it was Brella um, from Paradise, yeah. Uh, but now it looks like Brella's maybe backburnered, and it's, it's now Paradise. Yeah. So someone is going to be coming in. Mm-hmm. Another transfer um, is 
WD out of Southampton. I don't think that's a big thing. I think he came in, oh, they wanted him to be something he looked special. Decent really. to begin with, and then and kind of uh, went off the boil, didn't he, after his injury? Yeah, and one uh, just one transfer, which is uh, is he's out there at the minute. I don't know if anything's going to happen. But there's, there's reports of Marco now to That's rumbling offered. on. That's rumbling on. I've, uh, I've heard a lot about that this, this week. An unnamed Chinese club have offered 35 million for him. Um, I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think that West Ham would be stupid to let him go for that money. He's their main man. They shouldn't be accepting anything less than 50, 60 million because without him, he kept them up last year. Yep, definitely. I understand him wanting to go for more money and he could go over to China. And he's that, he years. seems that sort of bloke as well. well he's, he's the way not, he left Stoke yeah. as well. He seemed to wave goodbye to West Ham today and when he was substituted. And his brother, who's also his agent, came out midweek and said Marco wants to go, but whilst he's at West Ham, he'll always give his all. So basically yeah. sitting on the fence and saying he wants all this new Chinese money, but if he doesn't go, he basically wants his cake. And he wants to eat it. He I'm wants sure to his cake and eat it as well. Yeah, I'm sure his agent is probably uh, keeping this on an even keel. Mm. Anyway, let's move on because uh, I'm really aware we're sort of running out of time now. Yeah. Let's go into what's happened today. We record on a Saturday evening, yeah. usually. Um, and so far um, of recording, these results have, have been, and I'm just going to go through them and through some scorers, and you know, we'll pick up if anything surprises. Uh, the early kickoff today was West Ham versus that was Arsenal. A surprising one. It was, you know, that. The, Again, a young English player. Hang on, not a young English player. He's now Republic of Ireland, isn't he? Declan Rice, Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, looking like a special thing. And the biggest story, I think, about that was Sammy and Nasri coming back and assisting him. Yeah, um, played well, by all accounts. Yeah, I, th- I, I think Nasri, I think you were saying, he's just one of those annoying footballers who... He's very good. He's just very he's, good. He's, he's very graceful. He kind of just glides with the ball, doesn't he? You know, uh, Southampton 2... Um, Leicester won. That's surprising, as it was at the King's Power. It's not good for us, you no. know. It's put the two two results today put us in the uh, relegation zone. We've yeah. even played. Um, Watford Crystal Palace finished two one to Watford, um, and just just on goals galore today with Cathcart yeah. scoring two goals, one in his in the the correct net, one in his own net. Yeah. Interestingly, and, then and your favourite player scored today in Tom Cleverley. Ah, yes. I know how, how big I you mean, are how Tom the, Cleverley. How that man never got an England cap on, never know, but we'll move <laughs> quickly on. Uh, Cardiff on 0-0, surprised no one. No, no I didn't. Um, Burnley 2, Fulham 1, that's big for Burnley. It was the, Massive. the three on go- uh, two on goals in three <laughs> minutes for Burnley. Brian and the Doy scoring three minutes apart yeah. in their own net. Shirley, who I've always admired, Shirley is a Open scoring on the second yeah. minute, didn't he? Um, the late kickoff uh, I'm, I'm not going to go into it too much I think I'll go into I it I, I haven't, I haven't researched it, it but it, I, I haven't researched it but I, when we started there was a certain thought, player I believe I may have mentioned yeah last you week. mentioned that William uh, is not really lighting the world up last week alright he seemed to all right. the winner he scored against Newcastle <laughs> he's still not lighting the world up. do you want me to go into who scored against Newcastle no, this year no 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 I mean we'd be here for a long time <laughs> we wouldn't actually um, we're not doing too badly on the uh, how many goals against us anyway yeah. Tomorrow's a big game. Um, yeah. if Spurs you, United. If you, again, if you watch, if you're listening to this after Sunday, we do record on the Saturday. So for us, it's not happened. Uh, Spurs United is going to be a massive game. Son has promised a leaving present. Um, he's, he's in incredible form. He is. For Spurs me, I think that game is going to be decided by a defender. Spurs will miss him. Um, they will. And Solskjaer has come out and said Pogba is definitely fit. But Lucas Moore, I think, is a, a good talent. I think when he's, he's playing consistently. Good, yeah. mm. He does show his talent. So hopefully it'll be a, be a time for him to really step up. 
Sissoko, it's almost a swear word to me, mm. but Sissoko's impressed me. Started well. to play well. It's a, it's a tough game to call. If well, we would say it's the first real test for all you're going to touch on, is, isn't if it? If you'd have looked at this after Spurs battered them at Old Trafford, you'd think it was a no-brainer, but even though United have played nobody of any note, you've got to take into account the confidence that that squad will be in. Um, yeah, and I think Poch knows that because he was he was more than complimentary in his, was, his he, remarks. He mentioned about, that he was in the new camp and yeah. celebrated uh, Solskjaer's goal in '99, which it's a nice little thing to see that things have come full circle a little bit. But I don't think Solskjaer will be quite as complimentary if Pochettino takes his job at the end of the year. Maybe not. And, and I've heard the uh, I, I can't remember if I said it last if we said it last week, but I've heard the the comments about he should play the Poch should play the long game. Lose the game. Um, Ollie's the Ollie's the main man. Yeah, he gets the job at the end of the year, yeah. and it all goes Cardiff again. Yeah. The last bit of news on on this before we uh, we wrap up is that um, initially it thought Pogba might not be fit. He is going to be fit, yeah. but also that um, big big applause for Rashford this week. Um, yeah, I thought this was a bit odd to put this kind of pressure on him, but fair enough from Solskjaer um, coming out and saying that Rashford. It wasn't can be, it was will be at Harry Kane's level. Will the be that good. I mean, I watched the previous game um, when he played us. Rashford's goal was something which I hadn't seen from him under the Mourinho way. Mm. He, the way it, for me, I, and this is another swear word, Sanchez's ball through our defence. A hot knife could go through our defence, yeah. currently, But Sanchez's ball through just allowed Rashford just to stop the ball, see how... Dubravka came out and just slot it past him and he's been rushing it I think and I think mm. under Solskjaer it, it, Solskjaer's a striker yeah you know I think I saw some pictures he was on the Man United Twitter mm. so they're obviously going to be um, but you could see Solskjaer sat with that group of strikers and I just find you know we, we have talked about going over about maybe maybe looking into a, a bit of a Jose segment at some point mm. um, and I just I just think with I just think with how fragile footballers are today I think Solskjaer, I think good for, those, for those forwards, knowing what Solskjaer has come to United to do when, when he was a player and now when he's a manager, I think it's, it, it instantly boosts them. And I I can't tell you my dislike for United. But, I mean, it doesn't but, quite touch mine. No, I cannot imagine. But <laughs> I've always got in the back of my mind that Man United are a huge club and they should be up yeah, there. Yeah. It is for the betterment of the sport that they're up there. I disagree with that. But they are, <laughs> well, they, are, they, are a, they are a large, somewhat large club. Uh, anyway, shall originally. we? Shall we end it there? And we'll be back next week. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And uh, we did say that we might have a shorter episode. It's probably never going to happen. Hasn't worked out that way, no. has it? No. Our, we're unbiased and we can shorten our podcast. Yeah. Neither are possible. We do no. apologise, but we hope you've enjoyed listening and yeah. we'll see you next week. Thank see you. See you next week. <laughs>
and it was a Sunday that most people, it was a really glorious day weather-wise, and people actually chose to stay inside and watch football over going out in the weather, didn't they? What a disappointment. <laughs> it really was. I was at Old Trafford, um, and the nerves kicked in long before we got there. Um, I know you said in the WhatsApp group midweek, um, that there wasn't a great deal more that you could have done, was there? No, no, there wasn't. With the, especially with the the amount of injuries we had. Yeah, the injuries before the game, wasn't it? You had, um, I think it was Marshall and Matic weren't there, were they? And Lingard. Yeah, so Lingard was obviously a doubt. Marshall was completely off the list. The Mat- uh, Matic wasn't there, was he? No, he was. Um, he was off, and so was Herrera. Yeah, uh, Herrera started the game, though, didn't he? But he went off injured, didn't he? I'm sure Herrera was there because I remember screaming, you rat. From a Liverpool fan's perspective, it was disappointing um, considering what happened to you in the first half, having to bring Lingard on, then take him off again, mm. uh, that we weren't able to um, to take advantage of that. I think Firmino going off was a big blow to us. Um, I've had a few debates midweek about the substitution of bringing Sturridge on. Because uh, it meant we brought Sturridge on for the hour, then Shakiri came on for last whatever I think yeah. it was twenty minutes, and then Origi came on for last ten minutes. And I think I've spoken to a lot of Liverpool fans who would have done it differently and brought Origi on first. Because whenever okay. he's been given a chance um, over the last however many games, he's looked dynamic. Um, we'll talk more about midweek games and Divock a little bit more yeah. later. But I think the subs were wrong. However, um, as soon as the full-time whistle went, we were chanting we're top of the league. Because yeah. we were, that's all we needed. And yeah. a point away at Old Trafford's never a bad point. It's disappointing how the game panned out. What did you think? Were you happy with the point? Were you uh, disappointed? that? I mean, you changed the way you played. You were nowhere near as cavalier as you have been. You are, I say cavalier. You weren't anywhere near as attacking as you have been, have you? I think with the with, with Marshall missing, he was a massive point of attack for us in the previous games yeah. with him missing it was never going to be a free-flowing game for us anyway especially no, Lingard going off completely yeah. hampered that he had the best chance didn't he um, yeah. where he tried to round Alisson and Alisson got an incredible hand I mean that we couldn't we couldn't believe that we we were we just assumed that Lingard was round and it was yeah. a goal I, I think um, I think it was my brother or it might have been even me you just say goal yeah. and when Alisson got that hand to it and it wasn't even like a, like a fingertip it was a full on hand but then after that I can't think, considering we went top of the league, I can't think of anything that we forced Aya to do, apart no. from a long shot from Daniel Sturridge, there was nothing. So, I would have thought a nil-nil was a fair result. Yeah, um, definitely, on the play, the, the way it went. The way it went, definitely. And then we had the League Cup final, which it was a bit of a, again, it was another damp squib. It was nil-nil yeah. for almost um, 120, oh, it was nil-nil for 120 minutes, That's wasn't it? until. Until the uh, until the penalty shootout, but the main bit of news that we can't really gloss over is the uh, is the goalkeeper Kepper, is it? No, I I, I felt a bit sorry for him because obviously Sarri wanted Caballero to, to take the penalties. Obviously, he's he's a specialist in penalties, as they call him. Well, I was there at Wembley when Caballero won it for City against us. Yeah, and even mentally, you think if Caballero was up against those City players, a lot of those City players will think he'll know where I'm putting this. Yeah. And mentally, they'll think they'll think, oh, he's already got an advantage. So I, I thought initially it's um, it's a good substitution. Now, with the fine midweek to Kepper and him being dropped, and again we'll talk about that when we talk about midweek games. With that, it would suggest the whole misunderstanding excuse is rubbish, really, because if yeah. it was a misunderstanding, he wouldn't have been dropped for Spurs. No. 
Um, so that was obviously rubbish. Um, I think Kepa probably, a part of him did believe that Sari, the only reason Sari wanted to take him off was because Sari thought he was injured. And Kepa was there saying, I'm not injured, I'm fine, yeah. don't take me off. I don't think Kepa realised it was probably more of a tactical substitution mm. than anything. But as soon as he sees Caballero warming up, in my view, as soon as, soon as he sees him on stripped and ready, it's not like he's got a tracksuit on. Yeah, he's on the sidelines. He's on the sidelines, ready to come on. You go off. Yeah. You don't say no, because he's a fellow pro. Mm. He's, he's one of your teammates. It's not just disrespecting Sari, who went mental. I thought his, I thought the way he reacted on the sidelines was pathetic, to be honest. And I'm a big fan of Matt Miritsi or Sari. Yeah. But he was like a spoiled child when this happened. Um but when you see Caballero there waiting to come on, that's when Kepi should have gone, right, fine, I'm yeah, going it's off. My time. It's my time. Um, I think it, that was in Kepa's head going into the penalties. You can't say whether he was injured or not, but he should have definitely saved Aguero's penalty because that was mm. an abysmal penalty. Um, and all of this has kind of overshadowed City winning the first trophy of the season, hasn't yeah, it? We don't, we don't tend to... We've not really focused on the, the win. It's more what Kepa did before exactly nothing in the media has really spoken about this first leg of this possible quadruple from City um, yeah. and it wasn't a, it wasn't a convincing performance by City this is the same two teams that played out of 6-0 not long before Chelsea actually in the last few minutes had a couple of chances to, to take the game away from City um, and again I, I mentioned this a few times speaking about it later but City haven't been convincing no. um, but but They've won a trophy and they're grinding out results, aren't they? Um, those were the two kind of big duck games that didn't live up to the billing. But a couple of other um, important results of note was the Burnley Spurs game. That was a big one, wasn't it? Massive, massive result for Burnley. It was. Um, Kane came straight back into Saturday. I know me and you were talking about this off yeah. mic. Um, we didn't really agree with it, did we? No, you just feel it's kind of a bit of a slap in the face for Son and, like you said, Lorente. Son, Lorente, and Moore as well, yeah. really. Um, because it gets them going whilst he's injured exactly Spurs didn't lose a league game while Kane was out um, and then Kane comes back before he's supposed to and he's put straight into the side I know he scored against Burnley but they lost the game Yeah. and then obviously Pochettino lost his rag at Mike Dean um, I'm not a big fan of that however I'm also not a big fan of Mike Dean I can imagine him yeah. being the kind of person that I'd probably want to square up to yeah. and shouting yeah. at You've got to respect him, though. That he is the ref. He's the ref. Yeah. Poch should stop with him. Um, it is interesting, though. It looked like he said something to Poch because Poch was on off his on his way, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And then something caused him to turn around. They've never released what he said, though, have they? No, no. no one's. There's been no word of what what's. I don't, and I don't think there will be. Um, and then there, so that was a big result because people midweek um, on a certain radio show um, had spoken about Spurs having the title in their own hands if Liverpool lost against United and then they beat Burnley. Yeah. So it was almost like Spurs were out the title race before they were even in it, wasn't yeah. it really? I think it's it's a bit coming a bit of a reoccurring theme where Tottenham are just they've got a chance to make some headway to get to the title and they kind of just well, they, I mean you look at the the year that Leicester won it. I mean yeah. everyone was poor that year. I mean not yeah. to take away from Leicester, it was an amazing achievement. Yeah. But everyone was poor last year. There were at least four or five teams in transition. That was Spurs' chance. That was such a good chance for Spurs. And it feels like, obviously, there's the uh, cock-up with the new stadium. There's the the issue with not being, well, being the first club not to spend in two transfer windows, um, respectively. It's not looking good for Spurs either. And I thought we'd finish uh, this first segment about last weekend's games 
And um, obviously, it's not a big, big game because there's not a great deal riding on it. But yeah. Leicester uh, Palace um, at the King Power Palace absolutely battered Leicester at Leicester. Um, and the reason we're going to talk about and we're ending on that is because it led to um, a couple of interesting managerial changes, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, and I think we'll stop there for this this segment. 